Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Means that the number one pick in the 2021 NBA draft goes to the Detroit Pistons. Who's got the number one pick in this year's Detroit. draft? Who's got the number one pick in this year's draft? Basketball! Select Isaiah Stewart. The Detroit Pistons select Killian Hayes. Sadiq, that was absolutely sensational. I don't know what went into that process. I met the criteria to be selected, but I wasn't. From long range. Oh! Yes! Yes! Detroit Basketball! Pistons fans, welcome back to another edition of the Palace of Pistons podcast, part of the Believe Network. I'm your host. Mike Anguilano, and joining me is my partner in crime, Aaron Johnson. Aaron, how are you doing, buddy? Doing really good, Mike. Uh, excited to be back. Our first Palace of Pistons podcast of 2023. Excited for what the new year has ahead for us, for Palace of Pistons, for the podcast, the website, all that good stuff. Uh, unfortunately, we don't have Jasper with us today, but we've got some interesting topics to talk about. So I'm certainly the ready to get into those and share my thoughts. Yes, it is the first podcast in 2023. And, uh, you know, Aaron, most importantly, we're all hoping for good good news, good stuff for the year, for all of our listeners as as well. Um, we, we saw a lot of growth in 2022. We didn't really talk about 2022, like in summation, but, you know, the podcast saw some really awesome growth. And uh, that goes back to all of our, all of our listeners, we hope that we will continue to grow more and more into 2023 as well. But you're right. We do have some things to talk about. And you know what? The Maybe the biggest thing, at least here in the great state of Ohio, or at least the state of Ohio, um, that happened in 2023 is sports betting is now legalized. And I can't tell you how annoying this has been for my email inbox and every social media feed for the last five days because... I think I've been inundated with so many emails about sports betting that I would wake up to like 40 unread emails of places trying to pump up. We have sports betting now. Um, so it's going to explode in Ohio. Um, and that's a great segue into our longtime sponsor for the podcast. And that's bet online and basketball is back and bet online remains your number one source for all your sports betting needs this season. You'll always find the latest odds, team matchup info, player news, and game trends at BetOnline. And as you are a continued source for all sports raging information, BetOnline features live betting, free contests, giveaways all season long. It's always the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports and events, whether that's the NFL, NBA, NHL, MMA, tennis, boxing, or even golf. Aaron, I saw the first ad for the Masters on New Year's Day. So it's it's here. We're already in masters in golf season head on over to betonline.ag to receive your 50 percent welcome bonus with your first deposit using the promo code believe that's b-l-e-a-v never been a better time in the state of ohio to make your first bet and if you use betonline you get a 50 percent welcome bonus on your first deposit using our promo code believe b-l-e-a-v bet online where the game starts uh aaron what did you think of the ball dropping at midnight and um Ohio State, Noah Ruggles missing a what would have been a game-winning field goal. See, it sucked for me. 
excuse me, because I've been I was sitting in a house divided. So yeah, myself, my dad, we wanted to obviously watch the football game. Uh, we wanted to see the kick, you know, we're watching, we kept flipping back and forth between, you know, they have like those two or three different, uh, you know, New Year's Eve ball drop shows. And then there's the football yeah. games. So we were like flipping between like four channels, different performances. Like my sister wanted to watch some, I don't even know who it was. Um, some person who was going to be performing. Uh, obviously I wanted to watch the football. You know, I had other family members who were like, we, we got to see the ball drop. Like that is like, we've got to do our toes right when the ball drops. Like, so it lining up to where the ball was dropping right when the field goal was taking place was just insane. Uh, I lost the war. I did not get to see the kick live. I got to turn back to the kick mm. uh, to see, you know, George on the field, rushing the field, crying like Stetson Bennett crying. Um, just crazy. That was a, a a really good game. I don't really want to talk much about the Michigan game because both games were very good. It was the, it, the Michigan game was good, but they it was were both very, very disappointing good games. because it feels like Michigan really gave that one away. And you could talk about uh, the 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 different calls made throughout the reversal of the touchdown in the first half. That I don't know how that happened. Uh, you know, the targeting at the end of the game. Not sure that would have ended up making a whole lot of difference, uh, but e- even so. The football was great that day. The ball dropping at the same time as as the kick was just like it was. It's it feels like that's something that you're not going to see like happen again. It's just it was so magical is not necessarily the right word. It wasn't like that like crazy of a moment, but just so like coincidental that it, it happened. was poetic. Yes, poetic. That's a much better word. Thank you for being able to think, unlike me. <laughs> well, especially in the state of Ohio, I can't imagine if you know that game had started. Or rather, that game had finished like after midnight when sports betting was live. The amount of money that would have been lost uh, on Ohio State bets after midnight would have been astronomical if that kick had happened mm-hmm. after the clock struck midnight. Just, just pain. I mean, like you said, I'm not an Ohio State supporter. I I have a weird thing about not supporting a college I didn't go to. So, or rather, supporting you know a college I didn't go to. I I went to Kent State. Um, so to see all the Buckeyes fans, all the Buck nuts go crazy was uh, bringing in the new year as as uh, as an, an independent fan. I was nice to just not be involved in it, but it was a good day of football. Um, okay, let's go ahead and, and get started talking about some Pistons news. We do have some things to talk about. We'll go ahead and get started with some trade talk, as I think we've started every month. Since the season began, uh, teams are interested in Boyan Bogdanovich. According to Jake Fisher of Yahoo Sports, the Pistons are once again taking calls for Bogdanovich. They're seeking at least one first-round pick and a young player with upside or additional draft capital. The Dallas Mavericks, Phoenix Suns, the Cleveland Cavaliers, the LA Lakers are among teams interested in Boyan Bogdanovich. So, not surprising again. We kind of figured that there'd be more chatter about Bogdanovich being traded, especially now that the team is going to be bad. You and I have both sort of advocated that you should probably hold on to him. There's not really any reason to just trade him unless you're really getting outstanding capital back. Um, so, you know, we just watched um, – Bogdanovich had a great game yesterday against the Warriors and not just shooting the ball. He 
had a really nice fourth quarter as a as as a passer as a playmaker as well being a savvy vet making smart decisions has your position changed on whether or not you would want to trade Boyan Bogdanovich yeah not not at all I mean it's if anything it's become even more clear to me that the Pistons need to keep him he is the only like potentially the only reason this team looks like an NBA team some nights uh just the professionalism that he brings you know I think something that goes overlooked for a lot of teams that are in the midst of a losing season, whether they're in a rebuild by default uh, or the season's just gone awry for them for whatever reasons. I think something that gets overlooked is having those veterans that, you know, can man the ship, that keep the morale going, that keep the locker room going, uh, that serve as leaders both on and off the court. And Bogdanovich is exactly that for a team whose season has just been an absolute disaster. Uh, he's putting up career numbers as a scorer, as a distributor. Uh, his efficiency has been phenomenal. I mean, he's shooting 42% from the three-point line on six attempts per game. Uh, he's shooting, you know, 53% from inside the arc. That's right around where you know, his right around his career high. Uh, so his efficiency as the number one option for this team uh, cannot go unnoticed. And he's doing this at, at 33 years old. He has a, a style of play that will translate as he continues to get older. I mean, the fact that he's seemingly gotten better a, a, as he's, you know, gotten to this point in his career only solidifies that belief for me. And the Pistons have him locked up now on a very team-friendly deal. We've talked about it before, uh, but they have him under contract now for next season, and then they have a team option for the year after where only 2 to $3 million of that uh, is guaranteed. So this is a a, a player who, who's on a team-friendly deal, has been the best player uh, on the Pistons this season. And if next year really is the year that the Pistons maybe push some chips in, and, and make some moves to really solidify a playoff push. Bogdanovich is a guy that you want on this team. You look at the wings on Detroit's roster, and this is something that I, I was talking about uh, during the Golden State game, something that I've talked about uh, before as well, is the Pistons don't have wing depth. Like, we're at a point where Dwayne Casey is playing Hamadou Diallo, Rodney McGruder, Kevin Knox had his turn in the rotation. Like, those are Detroit's backup wings. And, like, I get Sadiq Bey's regression has played a factor in that. I get Isaiah Livers has been hurt. But good teams have good depth. And I I, I feel like the Pistons don't have that. Like, the unfortunate reality of the situation is guys like McGruder, Diallo, Knox are getting minutes. And in my mind, at best, all three of those guys are 15th men on an NBA roster. And, you know, there are nights where all three of them are are entrenched in the rotation for Detroit. And right now it's at least two of them. Um, that's not ideal. You need to have wings on your roster. That's, you know, people say, oh, you need guards. You need guards in this league. That's the most important position. I think it's wings. I think you got to have a big time wing. And, and not that Bogdanovich is some all-star level wing. But he's by far and away the, the the best forward, 
uh, on Detroit's roster. And you have him on such a good deal that it just makes no sense in the world to trade him, especially if you are trying to make the playoffs because uh, he brings a high level of basketball IQ. He is a great uh, person to have on the court and in the locker room. He has not given up on this team. He doesn't, you know, just sit nights out. He's always playing. He's always going with effort. And he genuinely cares and is trying to win when he's out there. You watch him play on both sides of the court. He's not just going through the motions. He's ta- He's talking to officials. You know, these are things that, that matter to me. I, I look at it from a bigger picture, not from, oh, the Pistons just need more draft picks because they suck. So they have to get more draft capital so they can draft more players. Like uh, this is something that I've said before as well. You can only have so many 20, 21, 22 year olds on your roster. You can only have so many guys on the rookie contract on your roster. So Bogdanovich is, is, has been the best player on the team this year. They have him on a good contract moving forward. Uh, I get teams are interested. That's to be expected. Um, I'm interested in, in what you think about Cleveland now being named as one of those teams that are interested in Bogdanovich. I'm not sure that they necessarily would have the firepower if Detroit did decide to move on from Bogdanovich to make a play. But obviously with your perspective, uh, you know, being a, a around the Cavalier situation, I'm curious what your thoughts are on that. Yeah. So my position has not changed with Bogdanovich either. I don't think the Pistons need to trade him. Um, but in looking at some of these teams, and I guess we'll start with the Cavaliers because uh, I think this will be pretty quick. Um, they don't have the assets, I think, to swing for Bogdanovich. They've really just hamstrung themselves to a degree that um, was going to make it very difficult to trade anything else in the middle of the season. They, they gave up so much for Donovan Mitchell. They gave up so much draft capital for the rest of the decade uh, to get him. And obviously that is paying off already. The 71 points and he's hit a clutch three yesterday against the Suns. I mean, he's, he's been everything and, and more that Cleveland has asked for. And Bogdanovich would fit unbelievably well um, in this starting lineup right now. The Cavs just have a gaping hole at the three, which is why it's so unfortunate that LeBron's unhappy in LA or seemingly disgruntled and can't be moved. Uh, the one time uh, that the Cavs do actually need a small forward, uh, they can't go and get him. Um, I just don't think they have enough draft capital. I really don't. And they have Lamar Stevens. They have Jetty Osman. They have Dean Wade, who's going back from injury. They have Isaac Okoro, who would be the most ideal person because he can defend, but he's shooting a career worst from deep and looks lost on offense if he's not standing in the corner which it just mucks the offense up so bad so they need a a wing bad none of those names I don't know if I mentioned Karis Levert but him as well he's probably going to be traded if I had to guess Um, he had no contract talks for an extension with the Cavs this offseason so I feel like as an expiring he'll have some value across the league I just don't think any of what I've mentioned really interests you at all. And and it shouldn't. There are other teams I think can put together packages that are better for Bogdanovich, but you know, if the Pistons are asking for what they're asking for, essentially it'd be a first and, you know, some decent secondary piece. 
I don't know if the Cavs have enough necessarily. I mean, is there anything that you like on the roster that the Cavs will be willing to give up? I mean, I legitimately don't think there's anything, but maybe you have a different opinion. Yeah, I think that them not being able to move their 2024 first rounder is is pretty damning for them in terms of trying to to make a move to to acquire a wing, which you know they do really need from the, the discussion ends pretty much there, right? I mean, they 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 can't trade that pick. It's pretty much stopping at that point. It seems like they're just kind of stuck with what they have for this year, and you hope that LeBron asks out, right? <laughs> yeah, I guess for them, I mean that's really what what they can only hope for um because yeah just not having that first round pick i just don't see how they can acquire a wing like bogdanovich um because they don't have the 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 assets that are on the roster you know carisover isn't a, a big enough asset and these guys like lamar stevens or dean wade or or, or uh, anything like that just aren't going to move the needle obviously they're not working in cleveland so i don't think there's a team that that's going to go in and, and really buy into those guys working for them. So for Cleveland, it's tough. I don't see how they really get involved in this, um, you know, unless it's some sort of three-team trade. But even then, you know, how do the the assets shake out there? Um, I haven't really looked at Dallas and what they have to offer, but if there was a team that, you know, in terms of wanting to see them succeed – uh, Bogdanovich would really help Dallas. He would fit great next to Luca, and I would be interested in seeing how much better he would make them for a team that made it to the conference finals last year. Uh, getting someone like Bogdanovich would be huge for them. But again, I don't really think Detroit should be looking to trade him. I don't think there's going to be a, a package out there that's going to pay well enough for Bogdanovich and the value he brings to Detroit is very real uh, if you're watching them on a nightly basis. So that's where I'm at uh, in this entire situation. Nothing with the Suns or the Lakers. Phoenix really would be, I mean, it would have to be Jay Crowder, right? Jay Crowder and then whatever picks that they can offer. And I don't know what those are. You know, they don't have, a young guy sitting on the end of that roster that just hasn't gotten a chance because he's on a really good team. Uh, And you're obviously not getting someone, you know, you're not getting one of their better players that's playing minutes for them right now. Um, But they, they own their own 2023 first. They own their own 2024 first, you know, they own their first round picks. So if Detroit was that interested in a late first, you know, Phoenix does have that to work with. I think you'd be looking at getting back Jay Crowder. I would imagine Jay Crowder doesn't really want to play in Detroit. I'd imagine he wants to play for a contender. So you have that. No, to he wants with. a contract. That as well. And so I just, yeah, I, I don't, I don't know how the market looks for Bogdanovich right now. I don't know what team can pay the price that Detroit wants. And there's also been speculation that the Pistons are just kind of pricing themselves out, uh, pricing teams out to the point where they're eventually going to have to come down and take a little bit less uh, to trade Bogdanovich. But I, again, I don't buy into the fact that they're really looking to move off of him. So, you know, these teams that are interested, that we're getting reports that they're interested in, they don't really have the the assets to meet Detroit's price. And 
you know, I'm in agreement with where Detroit stands on. Look, if we if they were to move off of Bogdanovich, it, it would have to be a first round pick and a young asset. You look at the season he, he's having, you look at the contract, there's a lot of value there. So you have to get paid properly for that. And these teams in the in the market right now, they just don't look that like they have the assets to make that trade possible. Well, the Lakers don't. I don't think. I'd say the Lakers I mean, and Cavs for sure don't. Unless the unless the Lakers are willing to move on from some of the draft picks that they won't purportedly move for Buddy Heald and or Miles Turner. I mean, I just don't see a pathway for that happening either. Um Maybe that, maybe the price comes down. I don't think the Pistons have any reason to lower the price. This seems like a ploy to get people to go up and up and up and up, you know, to see what they can get out of a really desperate team, but they don't have to trade him, as we've said multiple times. Um, Bogdanovich has had a good stretch, and that's going to segue into our next topic, which is stock report, and he's my stock up guy. He's had more than 20 points in four of his last six games. He has carried this offense many, many nights. Um, he's been shooting the ball much better. Like I said, yesterday had a couple plays. James Edwards III from the Athletic high, highlighted a couple of them. He had some very key passes there in the fourth quarter against the Warriors that eventually led to uh, a win out in the Bay Area. Um, he's my stock up. I think all, all of his excellent plays is going to make teams maybe pony up a little bit more for a trade, but he's, he's been outstanding. Um, to me lately, he's probably been playing more than I think we would have imagined, or at least he's playing better than I think we could have imagined him playing when uh, Detroit acquired him. So he's my stock up guy. And Aaron, who's your stock up? I'm going to run it back. You know, we didn't have a show last week, so I couldn't run it back with him last week, but I can come back to him this week uh, on, on the flip side of a new year. It's Jalen Dern. Jalen Dern's been, just phenomenal since entering the starting lineup. You know, he's had, he had a couple games where uh, it wasn't great for him, but he bounced back and he's continuing to, to be the Detroit's best big on the roster right now. Uh, the other night against Golden State, 18 points, 11 rebounds, 100% from the field shooting. And I, you know, I know he doesn't have some refined offensive game where he's scoring off a bunch of post moves and a mid range jumper. Like, I get that's not there yet with him, but. The fact that he is finishing, he's putting himself in position on the offensive glass. Uh, he was running, finishing phenomenal at the rim and pick and rolls. Uh, he, it's just, it's coming together for him. As a starter, he's averaging uh, 11.4 rebounds per game. Uh, if if he were, you know, starting all year and putting up those numbers, he'd be fifth in the league uh, in rebounds per game, only behind Sabonis, Giannis, Clint Capella, and Rudy Gobert. So he's in elite company there. Uh, the field goal percentage, you know, as a starter, he's shooting 66% from the field. Um, that's pretty dang good for, for a center. Uh, I just really, really am intrigued by him. I think he has solidified himself as the best big on the roster, the best rookie currently on the roster. And he just looks like a guy that that is going to have a 15-year career doing what he does. Tim Forkins dubbed him as a more self-aware Andre Drummond. I think that's a great way to put it. You can see a lot of the parallels in the way that they play. You can put to put together a lot of parallels in the way that Duran played, has played in his rookie year and how Drummond played in his rookie year. 
Um, Thurn's been phenomenal. I'm very, very intrigued to see, you know, how he continues to grow. I think it's going to take some time for him on the offensive side of the floor, but what he's doing right now can't go unnoticed. And he's been, he's just been huge for this team as they've quietly rattled off three wins in their last five games. And he's been a big part of that. Um, Jalen Durant's been awesome, as we've said many times on this podcast. And he is a more self-aware Andre Drummond. That's a good call from Tim Forkin, the host of the Palace Pistons After Dark podcast. If you haven't checked that out, I highly encourage it. Um, Aaron, what about stock down? I'm going to go with Isaiah Stewart. And this is controversial. I, I get it. You know, I tweeted earlier today that over his last 10 games, Isaiah Stewart <laughs> shooting 26% from the three-point line. Just something to monitor moving forward after, you know, he had a nice stretch shooting the ball uh, after starting the season, not shooting the three ball while he's kind of just wavered back and forth where he's had a couple of stretches now where the, the three ball's not going in. He had a stretch where it was. It's just something for me that I'm keeping my eyes on. Apparently, other people are monitoring the situation as well. Uh, I had some people in my in my responses saying it's nothing to worry about. We shouldn't be watching it. Um, for that, I'll say if we're going to talk about the 10-game stretch where Killian's shooting 38% from the three-point line, we should also talk about the stretch where Stewart's shooting 26%. Like, let's be fair in our assessments. Let's look at both sides of the equation. And I get that that's hard for, for fans to do sometimes. They only want to look at the positives. They only want to look at the good stuff going on. But you have to also look at some of the stuff that that has to improve. And for Stewart, I think a large part of his success in the NBA will rely on his three-point shooting. I think he has to be a reliable three-point shooter. And maybe that regression a little bit over the last 10 games has been related to him starting to do and try a little bit more off the dribble, maybe that's taking a little bit more energy out of them, whatever it may be. Like that is what we're seeing from him off the dribble is fun. It's encouraging. He's had some big time dunks. And I'm not saying that, you know, Isaiah Stewart's been flat out bad or anything, but again, to me, a lot of his success in the NBA hinges on his ability to stretch the floor over the last 10. He hasn't been able to do that. So that's my stock down. You know, I don't want to keep going with the same guys every week. I could go back with Marvin Bagley. We're going to talk about him. I could have gone back to Jaden Ivey, but want to switch it up a little bit. And I felt like what's going on with Stewart had to at least be looked at. Others don't want to look at it. That's fine. Others are looking at it very hard. Apparently they're looking at it the same way I'm looking at it, which is fine <laughs> as well. Uh, but just thought it's something that we should be monitoring moving forward. Right. And that is his long-term viability is being able to shoot from deep. Um, he has been driving to the rim more. I There still needs to be some growth there too. I, I just don't know if he has the explosiveness to be able to do that. And without a threat of being able to shoot from deep, that really limits his abilities to get to the rim as well. You know, guys are not going to be too fearful of him, but he is trying to shoot threes. The confidence hasn't wavered a whole lot he is still shooting pretty poor uh from deep like said over his last 10 games or so but he is attempting more threes there is at least 
a desire to expand his game. You already mentioned Killian Hayes, who was kind of my stock down as well. He's not shooting the ball particularly well. The Pistons were plus – he was a plus 12 yesterday for what that's worth. I think a plus, plus minus is a little flawed. That's not my favorite stat to go to, but the Pistons were a plus 12 with him on the floor last night against Golden State. Not shooting the ball particularly well, but still making an impact. He was kind of my half stock down. Marvin Bagley is also stock down with the news of his surgery, which we'll get to in a moment uh, as well. You know, that's that's probably just a good segue into Marvin Bagley's uh, news on his hand surgery. Um, Detroit announced that he underwent surgery to repair the third and fourth metacarpals in his right hand. Aaron, I must say I am surprised that this is a six-week injury. I was not expecting a reevaluation in six weeks based on the initial um, news about the injury. So, you know, we were questioning of the extension for Bagley in the offseason. How, how are you feeling now, knowing that he's going to be out for a, a sizable chunk of the um, season heading into 2023? Yeah, I mean, it doesn't feel great that that Bagley's the the second highest played paid player on the roster, and he's out for another six weeks after you know only appearing in twenty five of the the forty one games so far this year. He's already missed a, a good chunk of games, and now he's going to be out for probably yeah. And he's just being reevaluated in six weeks, so we're probably looking at a two two month uh, absence from Bagley at the minimum by the time he gets back into the practice court and then gets brought back to the, to the rotation and whatnot. Uh, he's going to play maybe what half the games this year. If he's lucky, that's not a trend that is of odd for him. He played 43 games in the 2020, 21 season. He played 48 last year. He played 13 uh, in 2019. His rookie year was the only year he played over 60 games. And yeah, we were skeptical of the extension at the time that it happened. You know, I remember some of the narratives. I remember some of the the things we talked about. Who was bidding against Detroit for Bagley? Why did they feel the need to pay that much? Does he help this team enough? And was that financial commitment necessary when you brought in Isaiah Stewart, when you drafted and and traded Jeremy Grant so that you could then draft Jalen Duran? And you traded for Nerlens Noel, who isn't in the rotation now for whatever reason, but was sold to the people as an acquisition that was going to be a part of Detroit's rotation. And now Bagley's out, and he has not been very good this year. Uh, the shooting's not there. Obviously, the defense nope. is still a disaster. It, it just style. It's just he doesn't give this team enough of anything. And, and and that includes availability. There's a world where he could have been fine as a bench big, beating up on backup centers. But when he's only able to play 40 games out of the season, $13 million a year for him just isn't worth it, plain and simple. And you, me, Jasper, others in Palace of Pistons had our reservations about the extension when it happened. This is Bagley's, what, fourth injury of the season already. He's now going to miss extended time for, what, the second time this year? He started the season unavailable, missed some more games throughout once he's cracked yeah. back. And now he's out again. And that's not all new territory. You know, Bagley has had an injury-riddled career so far. So, for me, 
this is not unexpected and it's just uh, another another thing that's played into just a bad bad year for the franchise injuries suck and you lose Kate Cunningham for the season I, I, I I'm genuinely curious if Isaiah Livers is ever going to play again because when he initially got hurt I I don't believe it was supposed to be some long-term thing I genuinely can't remember the last time he played and he's just in street clothes every every game so now Bagley's out too and I just don't I just don't know this this season can't get any worse and it's just just a, a continuation of of the injury bug and just things not going right for the team this year. You know, a dark horse stock down guy could be Isaiah Livers just because of Bagley's injury. This is an area where Livers could have benefited from being on the court and t- soaking up some of those minutes. I mean, he's a guy that I was very high on coming into the season. I I thought, you know, after Grant was traded, start Isaiah Livers. He's able to shoot. He can defend. He's got okay size. You know, when we talked about guys who, you know, now that Cunningham's out, the Pistons have to evaluate what they have. Isaiah Livers is one of those guys that I was hoping we would get a look at seeing who they could evaluate and figuring out if he's going to stick. Because I think he has the size and the tools and the skill set to be a really helpful bench player. And I don't know what the hell happened to him. I I, I have no idea. Um what what the injury is, what the problem is, if it's disciplinary, I don't know. But he's he's a you know a dark horse stock down guy who could have benefited from some of these injuries, particularly an injury to Bagley, which frees up some minutes at the four. I'm looking at lineup data with Livers at the four. It's not particularly lovely to look at, but he has played some four. Um, he could have benefited, you know, who who stands to benefit from Bagley being out for probably two months. It would be livers. If he could ever come back, he's been out. He got hurt against Dallas uh, at the, at at the beginning of December. So it's been over a month now. I believe if I'm remembering correctly, he had like a setback right before he was supposed to come back. Um, But he'd be the guy, you know, there's a lot of minutes in that second unit that, that can be available. The Pistons are rolling with last night against golden state. They used an eight-man rotation outside of, I think it was four minutes for Rodney McGruder. And, and, you know, 20 of those minutes went to Hamadou Diallo. It's like there are some minutes up for grabs if someone like Livers could come back. And that's a guy that you you want to kind of figure out, like, is he a part of your future? Like, even if this season is now a wash for Detroit, now that they're only one game better uh, at, at this point of, of the season than they were last season. Now, last year they were 10 and 31 through 41 games through 41 games this year. They're 11 and 30 or yeah, they were 10 and 31. And then this year they're 11 and 30. So they're one game better from last year. Even with the season being lost, you'd like to kind of maybe get some of these young guys on the court to see what they can do for you to see if they're worth the roster spot next season. And livers just hasn't been able to stay on the court this year and he wasn't able to do it last year so instead you're seeing minutes to Diallo, McGruder, Kevin Knox like guys that again just they don't make or break your team they don't they're not a part they shouldn't be a part of your game day rotation 
Those are break the glass, blowout game type guys. But Detroit's having to play them because they just don't have the depth and they don't have the health. So Livers, as soon as he come back, comes back, should immediately benefit from the Bagley injury. I think it's it's you know you look at the rest of the roster, they don't have a lot of a lot of those combo four fives or that can play minutes it's like are you gonna play kevin knox now i really don't think that's a great idea so the bagley it might have to like you said the pistons options were so slim that bagley made sense and now that he's hurt you really don't have anything to step in for him yeah it's problematic um i was really hoping that this would be a a nice season for livers with a more carved out role because he played well last year when he, when his number was called, it just didn't, you know, it just didn't lead to winning and not a whole lot of people saw it because the Pistons were, were terrible, but he, he played very well and he looked like he had a fitting role on a team. Um, it's disappointing that we won't be able to see that. I mean, it CBS sports has a right shoulder sprain. Um, I know that that was, that has been said several times, I mean, I don't know about you. I haven't seen any injury update from him from any of the beat, other than it continues to be a troublesome shoulder sprain. Yeah, I mean, we'd certainly like to get a little bit more information on it. We'd certainly like to know more about what's kept him out for a whole month. Like you said. Didn't, didn't the we have kind of a weird – didn't we have a weird sort of injury – um, or lack of news with Isaiah Stewart and his foot. Yeah, was that last year? I think it was last year. Was last year, because didn't or, or maybe been over the summer summer league, or was that? No, that was last year, right? I don't know. It's twenty twenty three. I think it was twenty twenty one actually. Because yeah. wasn't he part of Team USA basketball? Yes, and he got hurt with Team USA basketball. Maybe, but there was like a weird lack of news on that injury, and then yes. Kate Cunningham. <laughs> Injury, we've got no information for yeah. weeks, and then all of a sudden, Woj dropped a bomb that said he's out for the year. For, you know, after getting surgery, it's like some of these. I mean, it's just a little question. It's just a little fishy, a little yeah. strange. I mean, yeah, it's, the medical staff in Detroit is not a storied group. I think I'll leave it at that. I think I'll leave it at that. I don't want to go into too much detail. But it's not. We'll leave it at that. That that'll be for another podcast. They miss Arnie Kander. I'll say that. Yeah, that's that's a nice way of summarizing it quickly. Bring that's back my podcast. guy Arnie. Bring back my guy. There Arnie. you go. That was that's actually probably one of my favorite podcast episodes. Is when we talked to Arnie Kander. He was phenomenal. He oh was, yeah, friend of the show, Arnie. Friend Kander. of the show, Arnie Kander. <laughs> Absolutely. I hope he's listening. Yeah, he'll still reach out to me from time to time. So it's, oh, that's, that's awesome. He's 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 the best, and he was he was beloved in Detroit for for so many reasons, and uh, probably the biggest one was just how good he was at his job and how revolutionary he was to the sports medicine sports training game uh, in the NBA. So yeah, the Pistons are, are are sorely missing that. I think you look at the their injury history. Uh, the the lack of recovery, the lingering issues. I've heard some nightmare stories, but I'll leave it at that. I don't want to. I I I hate always sounding. 
you know, people always always view me as uh, the negative Nancy type uh, when it comes to talking about the Pistons, and it didn't used to be that way. But when when things so many bad things happen, you know, it's it's hard to just ignore them. You can't always put a positive spin right. on everything. Um, but we'll try. We'll We're going to put a positive spin on the end of this podcast. Let's do it. And I think that the Arnie Kander thing is a nice a nice positive spin to end this podcast. Hey, here is the other positive spin. Sadiq Bay hitting a game winner. That was cool. That was cool to watch. And he's been kind of slumping. He's had a weird year. He's been in and out of the starting lineup. I hope that that gives him some confidence. He was still 6 of 17 from the floor yesterday, 4 of 10 from deep. I hope that gives him some confidence because, dear Lord, with all the injuries to offensive players, and Bagley is only an offensive player, and Kate Cunningham is obviously their best player, with all these injuries to key offensive players, Sadiq Bay getting a little bit of confidence, getting a little bit of a rhythm during these cold, at least cold up here in Northeast Ohio and up in Michigan, these cold months would be nice to see, see him get a little hot. Um, we've kind of been down on Sadiq lately, but hitting that game winner, I mean, you could see a different side of him come out even when he was celebrating. I mean, it was just, it was just very positive to see. I hope it turns into some more, positive games moving forward yeah that was a wonderful wonderful win for Detroit I mean give them all the credit Golden State 17 and 2 at home going in the last night's game I I watched until the end of the third and that's when I was just like all right I I gotta be up in the morning like let me go place my my money line bet on Golden State one of the best fourth quarter teams in the league Detroit one of the worst fourth quarter teams in the league Uh, Golden State at home like I'll just go place my bet now on Golden State I'll go to bed and and I'll see what happened in the morning. And I mean, give all the credit to Detroit for going out there, getting the job done. I mean, obviously that shot, you know, a a miracle type shot from Sadiq Bay, but to be able to stay with Golden State in Golden State, that's, that's not easy to do. That's just Golden State's third loss at home this year. And we're into January now. So all the props in the in the world to to the Pistons yesterday. I mean, Bogdanovich was phenomenal. You got 29 from him. They had six guys scoring double figures. Killian, three of twelve from the field, but he had 13 assists. He was moving the ball really well to 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 Duran in the pick and roll, set up bogey a handful of times. So yeah, definitely give Detroit credit for for that win uh, you know, against Golden State. And hey, they've won they've won three of their last five. Let's I mean, let's give them credit for that. That that's been pretty remarkable with how many injuries they've had yeah i was gonna say with all the injuries that they have winning three of five is impressive no matter what but doing it on the road against a very good team at home uh in golden state is certainly impressive and you know you want to see that from killian not shooting the ball well still finds a way to get 13 dimes i think that's important to see um the confidence wasn't lost in his game it was just maybe um, the maturity showing that, oh, I don't need to shoot the ball. I should stop shooting the ball. I need to find other ways to get guys involved. And, you know, you just like to see that too. I kind of like this idea of talking about a Pistons win to end every podcast. I think this is a good idea moving forward. For well, the hey, they, they got to get them. Otherwise, it's going to have to be like those uh, back-in-time moments that, you know, they'll go back and look oh, at yeah. seven <laughs> or something. It's like – the Pistons don't get a lot of wins, so you can't always 
can't always count on having that available to you at the end of a show, but we'll just have Jasper tell a story. And if Jasper's not on the podcast and there's no Pistons win, then we'll talk about, I don't know, Isaiah Thomas and Bill Ambeer for like three minutes just to reset the palette. Yeah, just to get off of the 11 and, and 30 Pistons. We'll talk about better times. <laughs> right, right. Hey, but we just had a positive moment. The, the, the Pistons have one, three, or five. Anything else you want to say before we wrap up this edition of the Palace of Pistons podcast? I mean, excited for 2023, man. Hopefully we can continue to do some more cool things. Who knows where the year is going to take us? Love doing this podcast. Uh, and excited, excited to keep doing it. We'll be back next week. You're darn right that we will. And we hope that you'll join us next week for another edition of the Palace of Pistons podcast, part of the Believe Network. So for my co-host, Aaron Johnson, I am Mike Angolano. Thank you so much for joining us, and we will see you all next time. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.